0: welcome to bootstrappers a program designed to bring you up to the minute ideas and concepts to understand what it takes to succeed in business and life each week we will bring you guests and ideas you can't find anywhere else bootstrappers is a production of aniquim llc now let's lace up those business boots and join bootstrappers with jeremy and gwen aspen welcome to this episode of bootstrappers i'm your host jeremy aspen this is gwen aspen I'm the president of Wistar Group in Omaha, Nebraska, and Gwen is the president of Anaquim all over the United States and Canada. Here at Bootstrappers, we discuss issues that affect the lives of stakeholders in business. That can be the owners, that can be the employees, that can be the vendors, That's any, that can be the customers. Anybody that has a stake in business succeeding. Today, we are going to talk about mental health. Wait, hold on, I, just and just wait. Um, because mental health, I, I love, I love me some brain act, some brain studying, like understanding how the brain works and everything. Um, but what we're gonna try to do is we're gonna apply it to business so that you can make money, or or maybe another way of looking at it is not waste as much money.
1: Mm-hmm. Save money.
0: Save money um, by understanding what to look for when it comes to mental health and mental illness. Um, Especially in this day and age of COVID where people are removed from their social environment, a huge chunk of their social environment. I think that's probably wreaked havoc on the mental health of a lot of people. And you might be one of them. So stay tuned to that. Um, And it does come up once in a while but it's usually potted in like equal employment discussions or in sexual harassment and it's, it's kind of a tertiary topic. Uh, and I think it's voided by a lot of people just because it's, it's an awkward topic to talk about. But it is a huge deal, it does warrant discussion, and we're gonna learn about it today. So really, um, if you have a stake in any business whatsoever, st- stay tuned. Um, and like I'd mentioned, I love the brain. I-, I love actually understanding how the brain works. Uh, my favorite authors and are like Michael Shermer, Jonathan Haidt, uh, height is a positive psychologist. Sam Harris, he's a neuroscientist. Jordan Peterson, he's a clinical psychologist. Peter uh, Stephen Pinker, he's an evolutionary psychologist, and uh, his he's he's more in the nature nurture thing. Um, and it's just absolutely fascinating. Those are the podcasts that I listen to, and I'm not listening to bootstrappers. I um, uh, talk about biases, behaviors, um, politics. Those are the things that I, uh, when applied to politics, and and even business it's it's fun but uh, when it's presented as mental health there's it kind of feels quirky you know what I mean it, it, it doesn't feel like it's
1: it's it, not it, your thing
0: it's not my thing <laughs> it, it, it's actually the part of studying the brain that I kind of don't understand the most it's 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 it feels hokey in a way when, when I hear about it um, but there's things that come up once in a while like um, you know I, as an example I know a couple of years ago a guy died in Council Bluffs and he ended up having a couple million dollars in the bank. And there's another guy, uh, this was when I lived in Arizona, Leroy Walter. He died homeless and, but with a four million dollar inheritance that he donated to NPR. And the only reason I bring those up is because he was obviously in front of everybody all the time and you know, asking yeah, for as handouts a hol- as, as a, a homeless, homeless person. person. And nobody, none of them could have understood what it was that was actually holding him back, right? He died a multi-millionaire and was held back by something. Anyway, um, soldiers, PTSD, it, uh, it, mental health actually matters. So why should we care in business? That's what we're going to talk about today. And Gwen, I know that you've, uh, you you kind of dig this.
1: I do. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, well, I have, at our businesses always been the company mom to some degree. Right. And so people come to me with, all their mental health issues and it's been a load that I've had to carry for the length of time that we've owned our businesses. So for me it seems like it naturally goes with business and I know it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, And also the other problem with small businesses is that we struggle so much just to pay for physical health care.
0: Do you ever look back and go I missed some of the signs When you talk to some of the employees?
1: Well, now that I've done a lot more research, I realize how how you and I really never focused on this when our business was young, and how maybe we could have made more money, um, been more successful had we been more tapped into helping the people on our team with these issues.
0: Issues like, I mean, some alcohol, drugs, um, but we even also, had,
1: remember that guy who was training the new girl, and she came to us and said, "I think he's drunk, <laughs> driving me around." She was, he house. was driving
0: her around, and he was drunk.
1: So it definitely, the, it definitely affects businesses more than I think we've been uh, aware of until COVID has really brought it to the forefront. So I'm happy that we're having Nicole Winkler on the show today. She's a licensed mental health. Practitioner, I know that I messed up
0: the... (laughs) She's a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. That's LADC in the state of Nebraska. Apparently they take that pretty seriously. And LIMPH, which is a licensed independent mental health practitioner. And so what we wanna drill down to with Nicole Winkler is to kind of get a perspective from the practitioners. Is that the right? The practitioners uh, in, in the industry that deal specifically with businesses.
1: Yes, because she does a employment, is it called an EAP. We'll ask her more about it, but employers contract with her for five sessions, I think it is, to work with their employees on mental health issues. We're going to dig down with her and ask her, what do people talk about? How does it work? And is it effective? Because it's a problem. It is a problem. And I, I mean... As I was saying before, businesses struggle paying for just physical health care. So what is the bottom line benefit for maybe having an added line item to your health care package? And I did a little bit of research and I'm going to actually quiz you on this. You haven't seen these numbers yet. Good. But OK. I'll so probably de- get it right. Depression depression is like the number one issue for workers or adults. So in is, this, is this
0: during COVID or is this pre-COVID? This is
1: pre-COVID. Um, so I want you to guess how many days of work a business loses from someone who has depression.
0: Uh, well, you have six days off automatically, right? So let's say double it, 12.
1: It's, it's 27 days uh, of lost work per year and this is according to Harvard. That's not,
0: oh, but that's not necessarily days off. That's
1: No, well it's a lost day. So there's, there's days off that you take for sick days and then there's just not working while you're at work. Like, so it includes lost productivity. And then ADHD is another issue that affects a lot of adults. I don't think a lot of adults know about it or know that they have ADHD. Ooh, note
0: to self, I've been ADD because I got to <laughs> no, ask them about This is ADHD,
1: that. though. But um, how many days do you think of lost productivity does an employee who has ADHD? 14. 22. Okay. So. So clearly, if you have employees working for you and they have a mental health issue, you're losing productivity. So it really does come down to if you're addressing those issues, you can make more money. And this this Harvard Business article said that they looked at several studies and concluded that the indirect cost of mental health disorders particularly in lost productivity, exceeds company spending on direct costs, such as health insurance and pharmacies. Which is another way of
0: saying it's worth it. It's worth the investment. It's,
1: it's worth it, and so um, so I, I just thought that that was really interesting, because I, I guess I didn't, I always thought, okay, we've gotta treat our employees right, we have to take care of people, that's our role, but when it comes down to, you can clearly see a benefit at the bottom line, that's an additional reason. Well, imagine
0: kind of the trickle-down component of it also, because if you have somebody that's a little bit down and out, they're depressed, um, it probably wears on the culture, and in this show, we've talked a lot about culture, and if you've got somebody who's uh,
1: really yeah, dep- down, it's a to- It totally brings everybody down. Hey, the other and you thing, can feel it. The other thing that was fascinating when I was doing the research is that most drug users Maintain a job. I thought that was interesting. I always think of drug users as people who are out on the street or hmm. on welfare. I mean, maybe that's really rude of me, but
0: But you don't know a lot of people that use drugs.
1: I don't. So sixty eight point nine percent of drug users are employed. So sixty eight
0: point nine percent of drug the other ones aren't. That's actually a that's bad okay goes to show you kids
1: but still you can hold a job and be a drug user and we've had a lot of drug and alcohol issues over the years with employees Um, and in the trades you and I are in a lot of entrepreneur groups marijuana is a big issue everywhere because a lot of people do marijuana and does it affect their work is it does it affect their mental health I mean is it terrible for you I don't those are some questions I want to ask Nikki as well
0: I ran into a quote that I thought was good. It was also in the Harvard Business Review, but it's, uh, when we acknowledge our mental health, we get to know ourselves better. And that rung true to me because I, I another thing, 18% of Americans have an anxiety disorder. Really? It, yeah, 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 and, uh, and a quarter of adults experience some mental illness. That, those are the stats I came up with. But um, like for in my case, when my dad died of ALS, ALS uh, has a genetic component, a familial component, which passes on to family. And and it's only about, uh, I forget, 15% of those cases are are, um, familial. But everything that happened to me, like when my skin would twitch or something like that, I thought, oh, God, I'm getting ALS or something like that. Um, And it really, for about a year, I'd have to say, it affected my work and I couldn't get past it. I did finally get past it, and I'll be happy to share that later, but today we are joined by Nicole Winkler, and as I'd mentioned a little bit ago, she is an LIMHP, which is a licensed uh, licensed independent mental health practitioner, and an LADC, which is a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. She works in business, and I think with prisons, and as as an EAP, that's on the business side of things, but can you kinda help us under, welcome to the show, thing. first of all, thanks. Yeah, everybody. welcome Appreciate to the it. show.
1: Thank you,
2: thank you for having me. EAP? Employee Assistance Program.
0: Okay, so this is this is this when uh, you contract out with companies and the companies, uh, whenever there's an employee that is having a harder time, they go to you.
2: Correct, so the employer will pay for a year's worth of counseling sessions for the, all of their employees. now the employee doesn't have to take advantage the child that they have can their spouse oh, can they okay. can use it in conjunction with they can do family counseling, marital counseling uh, it can be used for a wide range of things throughout the year. Uh, we also have on-site crisis teams that we come out if there's a crisis at work for example employee death, employee suicide, um, cancer and with employees, um, injury accident that happened mm-hmm. that was pretty traumatic for everybody mm-hmm. that worked there even if they didn't see it so we go out for a wide array of different reasons and help process through that
0: so we had so in, in just you know while well, we've been around we've had let's see my dad died roy died um
1: clara died
0: Claire died mm-hmm. and that was a that was a big one and it does it takes a toll on uh, on a company for especially in the case of Claire. it was a a major accident and, and she had died while she was working mm-hmm. uh, and that had some everlasting effects with our employees um and with us and, absolutely and we really struggled and how to even get our feet back under us after something that big but so that's what these are that's what these things are for correct well, and, and maybe not to that extreme so you don't have to have a necessarily an employee that dies but
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's one instance but it can also be a big be,
2: change hey, we are now being acquired by oh. a much larger company ah. and now we our jobs yeah. are changing and so you would bring in employee assistance program staff to help out with that and that would come with your package that you paid for for the year. So just to give you an idea, we also have educational services that we offer where we do HR trainings, we do manager trainings and we do employee Trainings. Um, so then, that way, it takes it away from the HR mm-hmm. department, and it is another person coming in to do that for your company with your employees. It tends to just stick a little bit better. Yeah. And so, if you have a company less than a thousand employees, how much would you? I'm sorry, less than a hundred employees. How much would you think that would cost per year to cover all of your employees, five counseling sessions, having on-site crisis intervention if you need that or on-site hours for training. I have no idea. How much is it? None. Guess. $10,000? Uh, um, f- uh, $10, $10,000 a year? I'd guess. That. Yeah, I'd do that. About ten. Less than $2,500. Oh.
1: Really? Yes. Oh wow, okay, so that's important to know. So it is something that even smaller organizations can do. Absolutely, we have companies that have five employees,
2: and we have companies that have 12,000 employees. Um, so we can cater to any of that. And I think it's just a really important investment.
1: Yeah. So what are the
0: and name names? <laughs> um, what are some of the issues you come across most? I, if I'm guessing, sure. Drug drugs have to be a huge part of it. Um, death must be another one. Um, uh, yeah, marital status or something like that changing. And what were the four? Those top three.
2: Marital and relationships are number one. Okay. Number one reason why people come to see us, because it's free for them for Mm -hmm. five sessions for the year. They can come and decide if, you know, usually after five sessions, they can decide if this relationship is worth salvaging. (laughs) Oh,
1: wow, okay. Um,
2: And kind of where to go from there. And then we can also refer out to people in the community, say, you know, you might need some longer term counseling, but let's get you started
1: here, because a lot can actually be done in
2: five sessions.
1: And you know what, I was talking to someone at the office here, and she was saying that, uh, I, I was telling her the topic of the show, and she said one of the hardest parts about therapy is that you don't really realize you need it until you're kind of in a crisis situation. Yes. And then you don't really know where to go for help. Mm-hmm. And so y- this is an easy way for people to just know where to go, get it started right away, deal with the crisis so they can then work You mm-hmm. know, while they're going through it. And then you can give the resources on next best steps. Absolutely. And we don't do a formal
2: diagnosis, but we can. We're all licensed mental health practitioners. Mm-hmm. So everybody can assess that and say, okay, depression, perhaps it sounds like there's some bipolar disorder.
1: Is or- bipolar common? It seems like I hear about it all the time. And I.
0: I there's some things like that I gotta ask. I,
1: I, I,
2: I think also. it is common. Um, I think for a while there, there was this whole, okay, well it's bipolar, or, yeah, like right. now it's oh, ADD, everything is ADD right, or ADHD. Right, right, right. Um, but there's definitely a good amount of people that struggle with it and there's shame involved with mm. that as well and so I have no problem telling people, like I struggled with postpartum depression after I had my children and I tell women that all the time. Um, I told my dentist that and she actually was so happy when I came in to see her, she said, because you told me that, I contacted my doctor because I was not feeling like myself after a few weeks. Mm. I'm like, good. I'll share that. I don't mind sharing that information with people. I think it's important.
0: What's number two? First is relationships. Oh,
2: yes, number two is anxiety. Ah, oh, I, I bet me. The, is Which, it number
1: one now because of COVID? No, actually,
2: it's not. However, I'm sure that's tied into marital information. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that used to be number six. Three years ago anxiety was number six for us. Wow. As the most utilized service or utilized the service because of anxiety. Yeah. And now it's number two. And so think that that's was before of social COVID. media? It was before COVID. Social media's been around for
1: but it has yeah, a true. long time. Yeah. Social
2: media is a whole nother topic. The anxiety of social media
0: Especially the youth.
2: Or even our technology and not uh, being yeah. able to connect on our technology. That's for another day, but (laughs) um, that's a loss of productivity, absolutely in business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when someone goes to therapy, what 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 happens in therapy? Can I ask
0: you a real quick question? Okay, sure. The difference between mental health and mental illness.
1: Same thing. Okay.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. I always just wondered that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always just wondered that.
2: (laughs) I use those interchangeably, though. And, And mental health, mental illness, I think people are, oh, mental illness, that's really bad. But if you think about it, just like a physical ailment, if you break a bone, you go to somebody and get a cast, and it sets for six to eight weeks, and then it's healed. You might have to do physical therapy after that to help get strength back, but mental health is the same way. I have people that come into my office, and after the very first session, they're just like, thank you so much.
1: And that was one of the fu- the strange things when I was doing my research about this that I found is that after five sessions or whatever, people really feel better. So it's not like you have to go for your whole life. Correct. Because I think that's one of the misnomers about therapy is that when you go, you're in for the long haul. And you're never getting out.
0: Okay. One thing I would have really liked to have known <laughs> when I was going through anxiety is that I had it. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't, I actually didn't, really understand what was going on. I knew that mm-hmm. I was uh, kind of amped up. I felt kind of weird. Um, I wasn't sleeping for shit. Mm-hmm. Um, bleep that. Um, <laughs> and I think if I'd have known a little bit sooner that it was that that's what anxiety is, mm-hmm. so it, it would have helped me a ton. Yeah. What is it? Like, How do you know you've got it? Is it just that you self-diagnosed and you're like, I gotta go to the doctor and I'm anxious? Or what is it? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I well I mean that's I one some way some to do it. <laughs> yeah. um, Other loss of sleep is one. Loss of appetite or overeating. Appetite. Um, yeah. Another one is like racing heart. When Yeah kind of a,
0: once in a while it just starts racing you don't mm-hmm. know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah
2: and so I kind of I give examples where anxiety is when you think about standing in front of your class and having to give a speech okay that's what you feel before you do that you for most people yeah like I don't really want to do this I have to do this I my heart's racing my stomach might be in knots I have to go to the bathroom right now um but anxiety is we might know where it's coming from or we might have no idea and that's why seeing a therapist is really important instead of just getting medications
0: so it's like life is what's triggering the anxiety like Absolutely. you're just you're cute uh you're
1: and you have those physical responses, and mm-hmm. if you're having physical responses like that, then maybe mm-hmm. you should go.
0: Well, and someone. sweating racing at night thoughts. is that
1: one of them?
2: Sweating at night, oh, racing those thoughts, thoughts that just keep going th- mm-hmm. because tunnel vision
0: with ALS. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, I even had ophthalmic migraines. Um, mm-hmm. That was a weird one. Um, yeah. Anyway, when when I had it with my dad, I had those twitchy the, the skin thing, and I mean, I could not stop thinking of myself dying of ALS Mm -hmm. for a year or something?
1: So, let's say Jeremy, in that case, did go to a therapist. What would happen in the the session? Like, what happens in therapy?
0: Yeah, what do I have to be afraid of?
1: So for EAP, it's more of like a, right now
2: we're gonna fix the flat tire, is how my manager explained it to me, because my history is long-term treatment, mm-hmm. uh, long-term therapy, which is you open the hood and you go through every component of that's that That's where you're talking about your
1: childhood, and oh, you're, yeah. you're digging deep. You
2: dig into deep, the, so those that's early and there's a place okay. for that. There's a place for that. Employee assistance programs are typically more short-term counseling-based, brief counseling, and so you would come in, I'd ask you what's going on, what brought you in and then you would share kind of what was going on and we would process through that. And perhaps that does bring up something from your past or your childhood or a fear that you've had and we do that or it's just, okay, what coping strategies do you need to get through this particular situation? How can we change your flat tire, basically?
1: Ooh, that's super interesting.
0: Uh, So?
1: So you don't always have to dig in deep. like. Well, that, that probably helps,
0: especially which I'm sure when you walked in and met me, you went, that guy's a macho guy. That guy is <laughs> that guy guy's all man.
2: Absolutely. Right. Full so, of testosterone, full of testosterone,
0: <laughs> really just holds it all in in a very healthy way. <laughs> um, so does is it different for guys? Because like I never went to any sort of therapy for this, and I do think I was kind of lucky to have discovered it. Um, or identified it as as anxiety and Mm -hmm. I read about it and I did a whole bunch of stuff about it, Mm -hmm. but I it would have been probably easier for me just to go somewhere and say, "Hey, I'm I've got all these symptoms."
2: It might have been a couple months instead of a year and a
0: half or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
2: So it shortened it. But what's so? It's
0: not really something that you need to be scared of. Uh, So there's those social components. Like I'm a guy, and Mm -hmm. I I probably wouldn't go to uh uh play poker at my friend's house and be like best therapist ever, guys. <laughs> you gotta see her. She is great. You know. I,
1: I, so you're saying that there's a little shame component I think there's for a little, guys?
0: Yeah, I think there's a little bit of shame. I, do, I would say that that's not why I did it, because I'm actually not as butch as you think I might be. <laughs> <laughs> because I, those sorts of things don't really scare, right? <laughs> those things don't really scare me. Um, but it didn't occur to me. And I could imagine it being a, a hindrance to get to go see somebody.
1: Well, one of the crazy things that I'm going to switch it a little bit um, is that Tim Ferriss, who's a huge business guru, I'm kind of a fangirl of his. He wrote The 4-Hour Week, The 4-Hour Body. Mm-hmm. He is like a um, business idea guy. He just came out and said that he had a sexual assault when he was uh, two to four years old, a repeated offense, and mm-hmm. that it's affected his whole life. And he one of the most efficient, productive people on the planet couldn't even work working through it. So what I love about that is that he's a total macho guy and he's kind of lifting the veil and saying it's okay to talk about this. So Mm -hmm. are you seeing that there's a difference in the way people are perceiving the discussion of mental health and people are more open about it? Or is there still a big shame factor?
2: I would say since COVID hit, people have been a lot more aware of it. We've had a lot more companies reach out to us and ask us for really? resources. Absolutely. So How can we support that? our employees because now we're not seeing our employees all the time. So
0: they, oh, so you can't pick up on like those micro, mm-hmm. not aggressions, micro uh, expressions. expressions. Cause
2: you can see if you walk by somebody and they're on their computer and they're just,
0: him and han Oh like yeah.
2: Like zoned, out. zoned you, out. You can see that and you can address it, um, however when people are working from home, you don't necessarily get a good read on that right. or how to
1: help them. And so all yeah. you know is that productivity is lower. Correct. Yeah, and, we did and so it. you're just saying, hey, productivity is lower, mm-hmm. you're, then you're talking to them about it and they're like, I'm depressed, I don't know, I can't work from home. Mm-hmm. And then I'm distracted. I'm distracted. My kids are home. That's probably
0: yeah. a next level of management. The, the manager that goes, okay, it, okay, maybe it's not a technology issue or maybe it's, not uh, you know attribute it to something else. They go, let's look into mental health. Mm-hmm. Like let's check in on that kind of just a program. Stress
2: in and of itself. Yeah, like which I, is adjustment disorder in the DSM five, which is the diagnostic. That's and what I was going to. I was DN- DSM
0: five six, yeah. whichever it works.
2: Stress, good stress, bad stress. It it's all stress, and sometimes that's just extremely overwhelming. I can't even wrap my head around what I'm doing. I'm literally surviving minute by minute. Mm, That's depression. And
1: you know what? That's
2: too much for me. I am going to call in sick today.
1: So that's where they, people call in sick a lot and it's a mental.
2: Absenteeism, you know, calling in sick. Depression is the number one reason why people call in sick to work.
1: The number one reason. Depression.
0: Any quick trips about how not to be depressed? <laughs>
2: like, What do you do? Like, what are What is it that causes
0: it? Well, it just disconnection? Which, I mean, that must be a part of it, I would guess.
2: So there's external factors and internal oh, factors. Yeah, right, so right. really, depression is a chemical imbalance in the brain. But I like to think of depression and anxiety on a scale of 0 to 100. I think when people think of mental illness or mental health, I'm glad we're circling back around this because that's what I was going to touch on earlier, there's it's on a scale a lot of people think oh well i'm not really depressed because i'm not suicidal i don't want to kill Uh, myself so I, i don't have a problem well you don't have to want that's extreme that's like your 90 to 100 percentile you could be depressed at a 30 and you're irritable and you're very um angry about certain things everybody's depression comes out in a different way you could just like it's really hard to get out of bed right now i just really don't want to That's depression. Anxiety is the same way. Feeling nervous about something because I'm getting ready to give a speech or I'm gonna be on your show or something like that. That's a normal feeling of anxiety. But when I feel that all the time, some people feel that all
1: the time. That's a lot of energy and a lot of brain energy being used. And that's energy that you can't use at work because you're focused on your mental health. Exactly. Is that when? Well, you're not even focused on it. You just don't know what to do.
0: One thing I did, and I still have to do on a regular basis, is I catch my shoulders rising, mm-hmm. and then my back starts hurting. But then, oh, but if you take a deep breath, it fixes it. And that did almost more for me than anything. There are a lot of things. So, do you but,
1: teach things like that um, because you're fixing the the tire, as you mm-hmm. said? So is a lot of your work mostly like helping people with coping mechanisms absolutely so can you give us some examples of some coping mechanisms that are helpful to people deep breathing exercises mm-hmm. sounds really really
2: funny and really silly but you breathe in through your nose for eight counts and then you breathe out through your mouth for eight counts if you can do that for 1 minute it really it what it does is it lowers your Central nervous system, mm-hmm. so it will slow down your breathing, which will slow down your heart rate, which will slow down your thinking, then you can really kind of relax a little bit and focus.
1: Okay, so so that's what you're learning in therapy. So so what other things? So you're going to ask people what's what brought you in here, mm-hmm. what is bothering you, and then you said processing it. So what mm-hmm. is processing a problem mean?
2: Sure, uh, uh, it's kind of digging into it and okay what can you do you have a choice you know empowering clients is what I do a lot of you have a choice you can choose not to go or to go Mm -hmm. now you have to you have consequences positive or negative for each of those choices but you have a choice because I think a lot of people feel stuck and I don't have a like I have to do this
1: So people get stuck in one kind of thought process and can't see Mm -hmm. other options or opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so part of the role of a therapist is to maybe break through that black and white thinking Mm -hmm. and give more options to people. And so maybe a good reason to see a therapist is if you you feel stuck, if you would use that word to describe how you're feeling, maybe a therapist could help you get out of that situation in ways Mm -hmm. that people don't, really knows
2: yes and it doesn't have to be just at work which does bring some people in but if they're working on work stuff when they're in therapy or they're working on home stuff or parenting or marital or relationship that's going to make them a better employee because they're working on it they're talking about it they might be getting different ideas and oftentimes they can come up with their own ideas it's really remarkable what people can do when we give them the right platform
0: yeah well and i uh, feeling authentic leads to better performance. Like mm-hmm. if you, and that's kind of like the LGBTQ community. They're th- having them be able to feel more comfortable in their mm-hmm. own skin is going to make it so that you can have better employees.
1: Right. So there's a mis. I, I think it's a misunderstanding, but I'm curious what you think. Where uh, employers will say you just just need to compartmentalize better. Is that a thing? Can is compartmentalizing a true phenomenon and most people can do it or is that not true? I don't know that most people can do it okay so it's very uncommon that people can compartmentalize is your experience I don't think it's I think, a think thing. some people can do it very effectively.
2: That's hard And those are the people that are harder to crack so to speak oh. when they come into therapy because it it's this goes there and this goes there and this goes there. Um, But that's not everybody. So I have a question for you guys. Managing people, how many hours would you say you have listened to employees talk about their family problems or about their relationship problems or their anxiety about something that's happening, whether that be a world issue, something that's going on around them, a hurricane or earthquake or... Oh. I've had
0: it, you no, know, you you as the mother of the company have had a lot, but I've had it, I would say disproportionately more often than a lot of people because actually it's not that I like to hear those stories. It's that I like that people are confiding in mm-hmm. me to be able to have those stories. So like when an employee dies, of course that was a big one and mm-hmm. there've been side effects, after effects years later after that one of some of the family they still keep in touch with, mm-hmm. uh, still check in on them once in a while just to make sure things are okay. So I think I think, quite, I think I know a lot about any of the employees that I office with.
1: Yeah, and for me, it has been a big mental load. I was talking to Jeremy about that before the show as we were getting ready for this, that, um, that if we had had a service, like an EAP service, and, because I'm not a licensed therapist, I don't really know what I'm doing. So mm. it would probably be more effective if we offloaded that to people who were qualified because it was a heavy load and you know as a person managing people it made me maybe less effective during the day Mm because I was so worried about the employee and their issues and especially um, working well we talk a lot about people in the trades because we're in a lot of entrepreneurial circles Um, but we've had a lot of issues with Family um, and drugs and mm-hmm. alcohol and a lot of absenteeism. We've we've dealt with probably a fair. Oh yeah, and any small issues. business
0: person has to, which is the point of us even wanting to have this show because I think it could manifest its more itself more as a healthy situation mm-hmm. more often mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. business owners just know what it is they're supposed to look out for. Well, one, that it's a thing, what to look out for, and then to offer tools that help um, employees or families of employees mm-hmm. um, resolve some of those issues. Because I'm actually, you brought this up a second ago, being able to de- compartmentalize your mm-hmm. life, work, social, thing, mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I, just, I think you live one life and I think it's all interconnected.
1: Mm-hmm. You and I are both horrible at that. <laughs>
0: Uh, I Yeah, I mean, my daughter is like, we're driving down the street. We're going to scuba class or something. We're talking about something we're going to do in uh, uh, the office in business
1: mm-hmm.
0: all the time to the point where sometimes they just put up some barriers. or They're they, like,
1: stop talking about work.
0: And we're like, okay, you're right. This is church.
2: Which but is I, great that you've given them that permission. Oh, yeah. There are some kids that don't feel like they can say that to their parents. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you've given them that permission, like I tell my girls if I'm on My phone, I'm looking at my phone and you're talking to me. Make sure to tell me that. Mom, get off your phone. I'm talking to you. Because they need to be empowered too. They're going to be adults Mm -hmm. at some point. We're trying to raise
1: um, healthy children. So... Absolutely. And I want to talk about drugs. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Oh. We, we have to talk What's about drugs. What's your favorite drug? <laughs> well, that, I mean, like, there's a
0: lot
2: of them,
1: yeah. and they're all just so good. Yeah. There's, and they all It like, depends have on where you're feeling things, right there. Things, Right. <laughs> no, but okay. So, marijuana is a big deal in businesses because uh, a lot of people smoke marijuana, or there are a lot of ways you can do marijuana, whatever. <laughs> oh, a lot. <laughs> so, people do marijuana, and we want to have a drug free workplace. But the problem is for a lot of jobs, we might not be able to employ people in certain positions anymore if we had a hardcore drug policy. So does marijuana specifically really harm productivity? What are your thoughts on it? Because you're a drug and alcohol counselor.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, let's dig into this one. Okay, we're not talking about the guy that comes up just stoned out of his mind at work. Obviously, probably a problem. But a frequent user. I work better high, though. Yeah, I work better high. Oh, do you people, right.
1: people yeah. say that to you? Okay, yeah. so so tell us about marijuana and your impression of it and how it affects work. Okay. Ooh, that's a loaded question. I know,
2: right? Um, so marijuana that is present today is not the marijuana that we knew. In the past five to eight years, marijuana is so potent. Really, the
1: last five to eight years has yes. changed. Yes, since it became legal in Colorado.
2: The potency is unbelievable now. Tell me about it. um, I always tell people if you haven't used marijuana in the last five to seven, eight years, then you don't know anything about marijuana anymore. Okay. Like when people are like, "I used to be a huge pothead." Like when my uncle,
0: my uncle got busted. I'm like, "Oh,
2: well, that's like ditch weed now."
0: My uh, my my uncle years ago got busted. Uh, He planted some marijuana in a field, and an airplane flew over it, and he got busted. Oh yeah, that's not the, that that's, marijuana wasn't nearly
2: that's as like good ditch
1: weed, yeah. but I want to hear it, but I want to hear about this. So. so
2: with marijuana, we do know that there is a motivational syndrome, which is I just don't feel very motivated.
1: Yeah. Oh, so there's a name for it.
2: Yeah. A motivational syndrome. A-motivational. Where it's just kind of like ugh. we also newer research is coming out, which it's very difficult to do any studies with THC, which is.
0: Oh, because it's because it's, it's, it's a controlled. schedule one. Yeah.
2: Drug, which I don't necessarily agree with that. I definitely. Don't. I think that there are a lot of benefits that there there could potentially be benefits to it. We need to be able to study it. But that aside, um, I think it can hinder productivity because of that. There's also a hangover effect with THC. Um, oh, because
0: it stays in your system long enough, and then
2: no, not necessarily. It just takes a little bit for your brain to recover. Oh. Uh, from it, which. We don't know how much time that really is, but from reports um, from employees and students, they actually have done studies in college, colleges about that. Um, and students have said that, yes, I'm having sleep issues, and I'm you know, it takes me a little bit of time, a couple of days to really start thinking clearly again.
1: Mm. So smoking so, pot makes you not sleep well?
2: Not the same night, but the following night
1: oh okay
2: because a lot we get a lot of that i use it to sleep yeah. i use it helps me fall asleep
0: but that's not even I, but I'm, it actually I'm no harms
2: sleep in the long run in the long run correct okay well, now probably, now i'm dependent on it essentially to fall asleep
0: and it's not the right kind of sleep because your brain goes through stages in the middle of the night and two or three times a night your brain will actually contract to shake off mm-hmm. proteins If you are, if it's an induced sleep, you skip that step usually. Mm -hmm. And then that makes it, um, no, it's bad for you. So
1: do most people um, who have a habitual marijuana issue, is it because of depression or anxiety that they're habitually using it?
2: It, That's a good question. I don't know that it is necessarily. I think it can cause that. Um, Anecdotally, have you found that? not necessarily. We okay. do what we know about addiction is the earlier you start using, yeah, the more likely you are to become addicted to a substance. Which is why I know it's legal in Colorado and many other states right now. Here's the deal though. You have employee. Something happens. You drug test them because you want to know if it happened if they were under the influence of something when that happened. Right. With marijuana, we don't It loves fatty tissue, so it like holds on to fatty tissue for days after you've used it. So you can't definitively say this person was not intoxicated at the time that this event happened, even though they could have said, well, yeah, I was, you know, a Saturday night. I just took a gummy and watched a football game. What's the harm in that? I wasn't doing it at work. Well, you don't really know. And with alcohol, you do. There's a breathalyzer for alcohol content. Um, Marijuana, there is no such thing.
1: What about the other drugs? Can you tell pretty like Coke or the other drugs? Can you do a test and know if they were on it at work?
2: Uh, I mean, stimulants go through your system so quickly. So if they use the day before or the day of, yeah, usually.
1: Okay. So you can definitively say that. So pot's Mm -hmm. just that tough one.
2: It can stay in somebody's system for 20 to 30 days, depending on body fat percentage, depending on uh, metabolism, depending on how much they use it how potent it was. And there's so many different factors with that. So in and of itself, is it any worse than alcohol? Um, I mean, it's illegal. But aside from that, probably not. However, if you wanna have a no drug policy, which a lot of states still have, their businesses still have it, even though they are in a state where it's legal, Yeah, they still drug test. Well, in all
0: government jobs, I think, or all at least federal government jobs. Well, yeah, the federal umbrella,
2: it's illegal federally. Yeah. So no matter what, even if you live in Colorado and you have a dispensary, if you are growing one more plant than you
1: say that you're growing, you can be federally indicted. Oh, okay. Yeah. So as drugs, I mean, do you think employers would be shocked by how many of their employees are doing drugs? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Really? (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: Or the amount of alcohol that... That some people drink because you, you know, say I go home tonight and it's eight o'clock and my kids are in bed and I drink a bottle and a half of wine and I'm getting stoned. a bottle and a half of wine. Is that not that uncommon? That's oh. a lot of wine. No, 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 no but no. Yeah, yeah. That's but, that but, that but that's what I need. Like, say that's what I need at this point. My tolerance is kind of at that level where I can drink that much and I'm not going to get sick, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to get up and go to work tomorrow. Well, it takes your liver, like per five ounces of wine, it takes it an hour to process that. So, you're looking at hours. Say I'm up drinking till midnight, then I go to work at six thirty in the morning. I still am probably positive for alcohol. Hmm. I don't feel it. No, because you built up that tolerance. right. So then I go to work and I'm kind of. So that's days. not
1: an uncommon thing? No, especially in trades. Okay.
2: Especially in trade jobs.
1: Um, there's a lot of alcohol use on the job, um, right after work. So besides having an EAP, what other things can employers do to help their employees with Drug abuse, Mm -hmm. alcohol abuse, and depression, all the mental health issues. Sure. I think being, um, talking
2: about it, maybe sending out an article about it for the employees to know, hey, we're aware that this is going on. We're aware that something like this could be happening with any of you at any given time. Please let us know how we can help you if that's going on.
1: Okay, so just having more of an open-door policy and being approachable is the best way to help our employees and give them the best chance of being effective at work and leading healthy lives. And
0: maybe make that something formal. Maybe make a blog post about it, send it to your employees, or send out a memo to all your employees Mm -hmm. that says, hey, if you guys need anything, that...
2: (laughs) Shut up! Um, Some companies are doing a mental health day. So you know what? They're tying mental health into their sick days and vacation days, and it's just part of their...
0: And importantly, September is Suicide Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. It's also Baby Safety, Better Breakfast, Fall Hat, and Classical Music Month.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Only you would
2: come with that information, so, Jeremy. Nikki,
1: Nikki, uh, just locally, where if people in Omaha wanted to find you, how could they find you? Okay. Or, or your EAP that you work with.
2: So I'm with Best Care EAP, and we are with Methodist Health System. Mm-hmm. So the phone number there would be 402-354-8000. And we do work with people all over the nation in Canada as well, oh, Mexico. hmm Wow. So we have pro- affiliate providers. So okay. say, just really quick, say your child is off at college, your dependent child who's 23 years old is in college in Texas your child could use the EAP benefits with a provider in Texas. Got it.
1: Great, well thank yeah, you I'm, so much, thank Nikki. You.
0: I'm Jeremy, that's Gwen. We're both Aspens. We're the host of <laughs> Bootstrappers and we're here with Nicole Winkler. Uh, she's with Best Care EAP, that's mm-hmm. actually the name. Yeah. Um, so if you have any questions about it, we'll also put a link down here. I
2: also, sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt you. We have a COVID talk line for COVID oh. counseling. We have counselors available. Um, there and so that phone number is 402-815 talk T A L K I just wanted to put that out there
0: 402-815 talk and we'll put that down at the in the show notes in the show yes. notes and you also. don't have
2: to be affiliated we don't have to partner with you that's anybody can use that version. Okay
0: mm-hmm. that's really cool thanks for Thank that Thank you yeah. Nikki Today we've been talking about mental health mental illness and how it affects business and in a real way Um, the dangers uh, to, of course, individuals, but also to a bottom line. And it's not to uh, make it less, (laughs) being that if it's a bottom line issue, I think we can talk business owners into understanding that um, it does affect them um, in a couple of ways. One, it personally affects their relationships with their employees, but it also affects, um, in real way, money. We had just heard, it sounds like about $17,000 per year of cost to companies that don't address the issue. $17,000 $17,000 per employee, I don't know about you, that matters.
1: Yeah, and so, and to that point, um, Nikki's program, and I'm sure program. You mean across, Nicole? Sorry, Nicole's program, who was just on, um, she said that it's only $2,500 to get your company hooked up with those services, so clearly there is a bottom line benefit by something. She has an EAP, but whatever, addressing it. So, I actually have a question for you, Jeremy, because when we were starting even talking about doing a show on this, you thought of mental health as kind of a hokey topic. How do you feel now after speaking with Nicole?
0: So, did you know that it's also Pulmonary Awareness Month? <laughs> Just so, Try to change uh, the
1: subject. The, um,
0: no, I, so, like I had mentioned earlier, I really enjoy learning about the brain, the biases, the heuristics. Um, linguistics, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's what motivates me. It's what moves me. It's, for me, the most important thing in the world because the way we see the world uh, through our brains, we're limited to seeing it through our brains. So understanding the brain helps us understand how people uh, interact with the world around them. Um, and but It's just that that word, like the mental health word, the vernacular or mental illness, it just always came across to me as a little granola-y, and I'll bet a lot of guys have the same kind of issue. Nothing against it, or, or not even saying that it's not a thing or that it's not important, but it always just maybe carries Rubbed with you it the a wrong stigma. Way. It, yeah, and and honestly, like any books that started with that kind of a title, I as much as I love the brain sciences, that, that was one; those are the ones I really couldn't get behind. Me too. But yeah, and and what Ni- Nicole had. Um, Brought up or the way that the things that she had mentioned, yeah, of course. I know it's important, and now I know more than ever that it's important. And now, now, okay, maybe we do need to bring on a P an an EAP. So that'll probably be my next call. You know, after this, after we record the show, to get for Wistar Group. Um, So yeah, I definitely. I it's just that the wording that, that that I always had a problem with, and I think. Probably guys do, especially the manly ones And that's why I
1: think this is such an important show. Um, A lot of the people who run and own businesses, they think they can handle the world and want people to compartmentalize and feel like their employees see the world the same way they do. And I think getting really honest that people think about the world in different ways and people struggle with different things and addressing those will help the bottom line is really important and I'm glad we're in a place where we can address that.
0: When well, there's two little things that I had mentioned earlier, that when we acknowledge our mental health, we get to know ourselves better. Th- that, for me, was an important point because I did live that and when I got to understand how my brain worked a little bit better in that mental health environment, it, it made a world difference. So that was on a personal level, but on a business level, just knowing that f- that when people feel authentic, it leads to better performance. And that was another thing that I picked up on the Harvard Business Review, which Harvard HBR, if you aren't familiar, that it is a great resource I for anything. I love it. Um, but that, that, that makes it so that I can understand as a business owner that mental health is, and, and that our employees feel like they are wanted, um, that they're appreciated, and that they're needed is um, is imperative and in order for them to feel that way, they've got to be in a good mental um, position.
1: So, and I think one of the changes that we'll incorporate now is just being a little bit more open-minded about it and asking people how they're doing more and um, I think sure we might we make mental health part of our organization. We should formalize a it. higher a higher priority in both of our organizations. So I'm really grateful we got a chance to talk to Nicole we'll have to, about this issue. I think we'll
0: formalize that, and that's what I would urge any of our uh, business owner listeners and viewers to do. Um, do formalize it. I mean this this world of COVID that we're in right now. Um, it's impacting. People. Yeah, it's impacting people, and and even years from now, if people are listening to this podcast, I think it'll still be. Germain, it'll still be uh, this topic won't have gone away, but right now it's uh, it's on a it's on a it's at a peak, and so I think you can reasonably expect things to get uh, worse if you don't do something about it. Um, also, you know what I kind of liked, a bit uh, before we sign off, the deep breaths, eight deep breaths, eight in through your nose and then eight out your mouth. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, I'm gonna do that.
1: You're gonna do that. Yeah.
0: That is this week's episode of Bootstrappers. I am Jeremy. This is Gwen. Today was about mental health. Have a great week. This has been Bootstrappers, a unique presentation designed to help you better understand how the world turns. Contact Gwen or Jeremy at posts at bootstrappers.club or visit our website, anaquim.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and our YouTube channel. Thank you and join us next time for Bootstrappers.